podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On Friday, June the 3rd, which is the 130th birthday of Liverpool Football Club. Liverpool turns 130 years old today, the most successful, biggest and best team in England. It's a day really to remember our past, remember what we've been through, remember the great success we've had, and also a day to anticipate what's ahead of us. Now, before we get into any of that, Important today, Real Madrid have officially contacted UEFA to ask for explanation about what went on with regards to their fans. So, whereas the French Minister of the Interior wants you to believe that no Real fan had any problems, Real Madrid have now come forward and said, well, yeah, our fans did have problems. It blows more of the lies completely out of the water. It's an important development. It's taken them a bit of time to get there, but thankfully, Real have now joined us in the fight to get the truth out there about what took place at the Stade de France last Saturday night. Back to more joyous things, Liverpool Football Club. The most successful team in England. And frankly, it isn't all that close. 19 league titles. In the top flight. 01, 06, 22, 23, 47, 64, 66, uh, 73, 76, 77, 79, 80, 82, 83, 84, 86, 88, 90, and 2020. Four titles in the second division 1894, 1896, 1905, and 1962. Eight. FA Cups, 65, 73, 86, 89, 92, 01, 06, and of course this past season, 21, 22. Nine League Cups, 81, 82, 83, 84, 95, 01, 03, 2012, 2022, this past season. Uh, One Football League Super Cup, in 1986, a competition which was a one-off and has not been held since. So we are the only team to have won that competition. Uh, we've taken 15 community shields. Um, we're not going to count them because they're not a real trophy. It's a pre-season friendly. And also because five of them were shared when it ended in a draw. Both teams got one. So we're not going to count them. Six European Cups, 77, 78, 
2019. Three UEFA Cups, 73, 76 and 2001. Four European Super Cups, 77, 01, 05 and 2019. One Club World Cup under Jürgen in 2019. There's also a Lancashire League that was won in in 1892-93 and a Sheriff of London Charity Shield in 1906. The most successful team in English football. When you take out pre-season friendlies like the Community Shield, it's not close. The only way United can claim to be close to us is by including such nonsense. A league and FA Cup double in 85-86. Two league and League Cup doubles, 82 and 83. A league and European Cup double in 77. League and UEFA Cup doubles in 73 and 76. League Cup and European Cup in 01. Oh, sorry, in 81. The FA Cup and League Cup double this past season. And two different trebles. The league, the League Cup and the European Cup. In 1984, the FA Cup, the League Cup and the UEFA Cup in 2001. And obviously, we came very, very close this past season to winning a treble or a quadruple. Pretty spectacular. We've had 20 managers in our history, 20 managers in 130 years. Just to give you an, an example of how rare that is to have such so little turnover in that position. Watford, now, admittedly, not always a great example, but Watford have had 20 managers in the last 17 years. You could actually say in the last 15 years, A.D. Boothroyd was in charge from 05 to 08. So pick the second to last day of his tenure. After him, you had Malky McKay, Brendan Rodgers, etc., etc. Madness, just absolute madness. Liverpool, 20 managers in 130 years. Now, we started off with William Edward Barkley and John McKenna as our co-managers. They both, won, together, they won two Division Two titles. Tom Watson took over. He won two Division I titles and a Division II title. He was the manager for 19 years. Then it was David Ashworth for four years. He won a league title. Matt McQueen won a league title. George Patterson was in charge for eight years. The first Liverpool manager to not win a single major trophy. Then it was George Kay for 15 years from 1936 to 1951, one league title. Don Welch, for five years, didn't win anything. Phil Taylor, for three years, didn't win anything. And then the Liverpool that we we know now took over. This is when Bill Shankly was appointed on the 1st of December, 1959. He was in charge of Liverpool till the 12th of July, 1974. He won three league titles, one Division II title, two FA Cups, a UEFA Cup, and three charity shields. Eight major trophies, 
11 in total. Modernised Liverpool, changed everything about the club, built us into the bastion of invincibility. He was replaced by Bob Paisley. Bizarrely, they took nearly seven weeks to appoint Paisley as manager. He won six league titles, three league cups, three European cups, a UEFA cup, and a European Super Cup, along with six charity shields, 14 major trophies, 20 in total, in just a nine-year run. The greatest manager English football has ever seen. Then it was Joe Fagan for two seasons, a league title, a league cup, and a European cup. Joe obviously resigned after Heisel, was replaced by Kenny, Kenny won three league titles. He won two FA Cups, both obviously against the EV, which is always nice. And he won four charity shields. Now, Ronnie Moran doesn't count here as a manager. He was a, a caretaker. He was never officially given the job and he was only in charge for 10 games. But Graham Souness was the next permanent manager in and obviously that was a disastrous reign and sort of the, the end of Liverpool's run of dominance, what had been 30 years of greatness, who um, came to quite a drastic halt. Sunes did win an FA Cup, though. We beat Sunderland in the final 2-0. Michael Thomas with one of the goals. He was replaced by Roy Evans. Roy was in charge by himself for four years. He won an FA Cup. No, he didn't. He won a League Cup, sorry, against Bolton the McManaman final. Then there was the fairly disastrous evans Julia joint manager nonsensical thing. Uh, and then Julia took over permanently. He was in charge for six years. He won an FA Cup, two League Cups, a UEFA Cup, a Charity Shield and a European Super Cup. He was replaced by Rafa Benitez in 2004. Rafa won a European Cup, an FA Cup, and as we said at the time, Rafa made us dream. Rafa re-established us among the elite. Julier had put us back on the map in Europe and is often overlooked because he didn't win a league title or a Champions League or a European Cup. And I, for me, I always say if a Liverpool manager doesn't win a league title or a European Cup, they have failed because that, that's what this club is about. Winning those two. But Julier won a treble of cups in 01 and really did establish us as an elite level club again, or certainly a team that could compete for the major honours. We finished second in the league under him. We finished, we sorry, we had a, a really good Champions League run. So Julier, I would put in the success category. Obviously, Benitez goes in the success category. And then we get the worst manager any of us remember in Julier. 31 games, 13 wins, nine draws, nine defeats. Uh, amazingly, uh, a positive goal differential of plus eight. Won less than 42% of his games because winning over that just wouldn't be for Roy. Won nothing and was sacked. Then Kenny. For 18 months, he won a League Cup. 
but it ended fairly badly in terms of the league. Then it was Brendan Rodgers, three seasons, well, three and a bit seasons, won nothing, did have a good run at the title, but ultimately won nothing. And now Klopp, a league title, an FA Cup, a League Cup, a European Cup. He's already got a European Super Cup in the bank. He's got a World Club Cup in the bank. He's got six major honours there. Jürgen has been a runaway success. And Jürgen, from a personality point of view, from a from a cultural point of view, is the closest thing we've had to Shankly. What Jürgen has done at this club is miraculous. The way he's turned things around. Because we were very much just floating in mediocrity for most of the previous five years. And Rafa's last season wasn't great either, so you could say six years. But bar that one season under Rodgers, we'd been mediocre for, for that time. And he's changed everything. He's changed... He's changed us. He's changed us as fans. He's gotten us to believe that this team can achieve absolutely anything because they have achieved absolutely everything. They've won a league title. They ran away with a league title. Didn't just win it. They blew away the rest of the Premier League. And you'll always get smart arses that say, oh, the COVID league title. No, no, hang on a second now. The COVID league title was the year after. The 2021 season, that was the COVID league title. The 1920 season, COVID wasn't a thing until February for the Premier League. We had the title wrapped up before the league stopped. We could have lost every game after football came back and we'd still have won the league. We had 82 points when football stopped. City finished second with 81. The following season, the vast majority of the season was played with no fans. So if anyone's the owner of a COVID title, it's Man City, not us. He's won a European Cup, obviously number six in Madrid. He's gotten us to two other finals. He's gotten us to UEFA Cup final, another League Cup final, winning the domestic cup double this season. I, I you know, the further we get from Madrid the more fondly I'm looking at this past season. In the immediate aftermath, it felt like it had all been for nothing. We went through all of this for nothing, but it wasn't for nothing. We won two domestic cups, two cups we hadn't won in a long time. We hadn't won the League Cup in 10 years. We hadn't won the FA Cup in 16 years. And it's always nice to win them. I mean, some people grew up obviously in different eras, but if you grew up, when I grew up in the 80s and 90s or even before that in the 70s, the 60s, the FA Cup was held pre-Sky Sports. The FA Cup was held on the same pedestal as the league title. Now, when the Premier League started, you began to see a bit of a, a shift in the mindset, but the FA Cup was still magic. Third round Saturday was just an event. Pubs would be packed, people would bring their kids, they'd be watching games, 
there was the score lines would be coming in from different places. Some people would have a radio in the corner. They'd be listening to their own team. Third round Saturday was brilliant. It was re- a real event in the football calendar. BBC would have a, a whole build-up going over the games, going over the past. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The magic of the cup. You'd get all these crazy giant killings. I remember sitting in my, my parents' kitchen with my uncle, who was an Arsenal fan, watching Wrexham beat Arsenal. Watching the rage build within him. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. The FA Cup used to matter so much. Now, a big part of why it doesn't anymore is is the prize money aspect of it. I think you get three million for winning the FA Cup. You get 15 million for losing the Champions League final. You know, it's it's a fairly drastic gulf. And it was the introduction of the Champions League and what it meant as well from the European Cup into the Champions League, from the Division One title into the what at the time was the um, the FA Carling Premiership. That's when the FA Cup started to lose a bit of its shine. In recent years, the gulf has become quite drastic. But I remember Arsenal winning the domestic cup double and what an incredible achievement it was seen as. So I'm not going to allow anyone to diminish what we've done this season. We came within Aston Villa not choking from winning the league title. We came within, you can go back and look at a bunch of different performances over the season. Brighton at home. You know, if Naby doesn't get injured, do we just run that game out and win it 2-0? The Brentford game, if we just defend a little better. The Leicester game, if a midfielder tracks his runner. The West Ham game, again, if a midfielder tracks his runner. If we aren't forced to play, with respect, Tyler Morton and James Milner away to Spurs. If we aren't forced to play Milner away to Chelsea can just hold on to that lead at home at Anfield against City or break down the door against 10-man Chelsea. You know, it's it's these one-off games, these fine margins, and there's a bunch of them across the season where we did drop bad points. Now, I would say the City and Chelsea and even the Spurs games, because they're top four teams, they're not bad results. But you look at the other ones, and that's what how close we came. If one of them goes different, just one of them. If we just beat Brighton, we're league champions. That's how close we came. And then we got to a Champions League final as well. And people will laugh and say, oh, they talked about the quadruple and all they ended up with is... We could talk about the quadruple. You've never been able to. We could talk about it all the way up till the last day of the league season. We could talk about the possibility. Your club's never gotten close and never will get close. 
because it takes a very special group of players with a very special manager like Jurgen to do this. And remember as well, when people try to tell you that Klopp is underachieved, or oh, one league title in seven years, and one European Cup in seven years, just ask them what Alex Ferguson did in his first seven years. Because it's not that. And remember, Klopp is doing this with the fifth biggest budget in the league. Ferguson was outspending everybody. Ferguson outspent everybody for his first 17 years at United. It wasn't until Roman and his dirty money entered the league that Ferguson was outspent. He had spent everybody before that. Jurgen's got City, United, Chelsea, Everton spend more, have spent more money than him since he took over. The net spend, he's in the bottom half of the league. What, what Jurgen has done is miraculous, genuinely miraculous. And long may he continue to manage this club. Long may he continue. But if he adds another league and another Champions League, a couple more domestic cups, He's, he's already in the very, very upper echelon. But he may start knocking on Shankly's door and saying, listen, you're number three now. I'm number two. We're going to leave Bob alone. Bob's untouchable, but I've moved past you. And who could have thought that would happen? With the way we operate, with how frugal we are, with how financially viable the club is the way it's the way it's run we don't spend what we can't afford and who could have thought a team could win the premier league in an era where let's be honest it's just been bought bar leicester and arsenal's titles under wenger the premier league has been bought every other season united the biggest spenders blackburn and jack walker's money the biggest spenders, United again, yada, yada, yada. Chelsea bought titles, City bought titles. It's us, Leicester and Arsenal fighting the good fight, winning titles the right way. Incredible. 130 years of this incredible club. And here's to the next 130. Liverpool Football Club and Athletic Grounds Limited, the official company name, on June the 3rd, 1892. Do go on to the main club website or the Liverpool Twitter account and follow the links from there and just have a look at some of the pictures they've got. It is, it's incredible. It's an amazing walk down memory lane. Uh this is Anfield has a lead piece on Alison Becker. Uh, there's a message from Jordan Henderson. Um, Stephen Gerrard replaces ex-Liverpool coach with one ex-Liverpool coach with another. So Michael Beale has left Aston Villa to go and manage QPR. Neil Critchley has resigned as manager of Blackpool to go and become Gerrard's number two. Uh, strange move by Critchley, but 
with Blackburn or Blackpool potentially facing some financial bother. Maybe it's understandable. A uh, lot of good stuff there on This Is Anfield, uh, including a piece rating the success of Liverpool's loan signings, uh, loan, loan out signings. Um, so Nat Phillips is given an 8 out of 10 for his role in Bournemouth's promotion. Nico Williams got a 6 out of 10. Not really sure how that's the case. Nico played considerably better than Nat did. Uh, he was left out of the squad for the last few games of the season. But I don't really think there's much to be said about that. Um, Nico was better than Nat this on these loans. Ben Woodburn and his loan at Hearts got 8 out of 10. Fair play. Uh, he's at a contract this summer. His Liverpool career is over. I wish him all the best. I hope he goes and has a very good career somewhere. Seth Vandenberg, 10 out of 10. Absolutely. He was phenomenally good for Preston this season. Absolutely outstanding. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's kept around as the fifth centre-back for the first team next season. Paul Glatzel had a good loan at Tranmere. Did have some injuries, obviously. 7 out of 10. Reese Williams, this is a 0 out of 10. Um, absolutely, it, it went so, so badly um, in all regards. Not, not very much of that is Reese's fault either. Uh, Russell Martin, I just don't think he's particularly good. And uh, he was also obviously the victim of horrific racial abuse. Leighton Clarkson had a failed loan at Blackpool. Jacob Brzezinski went to Carnarfon Town, 8 out of 10. Um, Vitislav Yaros went to Notts County, 7 out of 10. He had an incredible loan with St. Pat's Athletic as well. Ben Davies at Sheffield United, a 6 out of 10. Shea Ojo at Millwall, 6 out of 10. Jake Kane at Newport, 8 out of 10. Adam Lewis at Livingston, 6 out of 10. Louis Longstaff at Queen's Park, 8 out of 10. Anderson Arroyo at Mirandes, 9 out of 10. Liam Hughes at Stally Bridge Celtic, 7 out of 10. So there you go. Not bad. Not bad at all. On Liverpool.com, Sadio Mane may have led Liverpool to two transfers. A succession plan could mean next evolution. Liverpool can sign... £45 million forward, better than Cristiano Ronaldo. This is Rafael Leao, who I would absolutely love us to sign. Liverpool hold talks for £63 million Bayern Munich transfer as Jurgen Klopp goes all in on Darwin Nunes. Um, this is the, the Media Digest piece. Uh, more links there to Gleison Bremer, which is just not going to happen. Darwin Nunes and Serge Gnabry, who I would absolutely love us to sign. I would absolutely love us to sign him. If we could do a Sadio for Gnabry swap deal, absolutely. Absolutely do that. Can play the wing, world class on the right. I still haven't seen anybody give Andy Robertson a roasting like he gave Robertson a roasting at Anfield a couple of years back in the Champions League. 
got the same agent as Mane as well. So could be a fairly easy deal to swing if we wanted to. Uh, Liverpool could soon unleash n- new goal-scoring weapon. Okay. Julian Ward can repeat Michael Edwards' Liverpool transfer ploy for next Roberto Firmino. Uh, Liverpool in, in advance talks to replace Sadio Mane with £58 million Chelsea Ford. No, thank you. Uh, it's Christian Pulisic. Talented but won't pass the dickhead test. Uh, Liverpool may have wildcard Sadio Mane successor in transfer for Ford who outscored Erling Haaland. Um, this is Patrick Schick, I think. He's just signed a new contract, I believe. So don't think he's going going anywhere this summer. But lots of good stuff there on Liverpool.com, unlike yesterday when it was largely garbage. Podcast-wise, there will be two new AI scouteds recorded today, one of which will be out later today and the other will be out early next week and there is more to come. We're looking at doing a post-match Raw type of thing a couple of times during the summer for an old game. I'm going to call it Raw Retro, or at least I'm going to call it Raw Retro. People can call it what they want. Uh, But I thought this might be fun, where we watch old games, ideally ones we can find on YouTube. So we'll share the link on Discord, share a time and date to watch it, watch it together, and then we'll do a pod live on Discord, and people can, you know, join in the chat, whatever. It might be fun. Not every week, obviously, but, you know, once or twice a month. It's only for a two-month break. So once if we do three or four of them, that could be fun. Um, so, yeah, let us know if that's something that you think could be fun. Let us know in the Discord and give us some suggestions of games. If you can find games that are on YouTube, let us know. Um, myself and Danny will have on the books this summer, and uh, we're going to try and run through them about one a week. We've got a little bit sidetracked with that project because of how busy the end of the season was, but it is definitely coming back. And then old school will be fairly regular. Trev and Jan will be getting together. I'm sure the under pressure boys will have some sort of content coming for the summer. Nina will have some stuff. Scouser Tommy's will keep going. Harry is part-time. So Harry obviously does Rival Recon. Um, There's not a whole lot for Harry to do during the summer. So we're going to lump him on to the Raw Retro and try and get him involved in a couple of other things because obviously everybody wants to hear more from Harry. And that's basically it, folks. That is what we've got coming up this summer. We're going to try and keep it as busy as possible for you because obviously last summer uh, it did go quite quiet other than me rabbiting away. Uh, But I'll be rabbiting away anyway this summer. Um, So, yeah, I'll see you Monday. Enjoy your weekend. A weekend with no football. I suppose Wales are playing Ukraine. Might watch that. See you you Monday. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. 
The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.